Um, if you walked in this morning and felt like it was hot, it was. But um, it's fixed now, I think. It got stuck. And it's a good thing, too, because I've already taken my outer garment off. And if it kept getting hot, it would be ugly, y'all. <laughs> I'd be like, man, I'm so hot. <laughs> anyway, it's good to have you here. Everybody's come back in with your coffee. That's good. You ready to learn something? <clears throat> All right. Those 10 people, I'm excited for you. Um, we, are, we are kicking a brand new series off called In Due Time, and it's N-D-U-E time. We, um, this is all coming from, a, are y'all okay if I say stuff like this, stuff, like this is coming from something, something God told me last November? Like if I say the word God told me, y'all don't freak out, do you? Like you, y'all know he speaks through his word. He speaks all the time, right? So I just knew that he said the two words to me. He said, it's time. And yeah, has God ever talked to you in a way that makes you go, that's awesome. What does it mean? Is, am I the only one? I was like, that's fantastic, God. What does that mean? And it took him a, took him a, it didn't take him a couple weeks to answer me. I think it just took me a couple weeks to figure it out and hear him. But he just said it's time to give birth. And we just feel like this 2022, this is the year, y'all. <laughs> Pat your belly. <laughs> it's going to grow. <laughs> this is the year that he's going to give birth to revival in our church. And our church is not more special than other churches, right? Raise your hand if you know some other churches. You know people that go to those churches? Don't you love those people? Guess what? When he births revival through us, it's going to impact them. He's not about just blessing one church. And so this is revival coming to our city, to our area, to our region. But what we know for a fact is that um, God told us to be in downtown Albemarle, right? So this is where we know that God wants to birth revival in the beautiful downtown Albemarle. And that's what 2022 is all about, right? So um, <clears throat> that means this morning we're going to talk about pregnancy. Now let me just give you this one disclaimer and then we'll move forward. Because God really did last night shift a lot of things that I was going to talk about. I want you to know this right up front. That infertility is a real thing. And it causes a lot of pain for a lot of couples. It took Wendy and I seven years before she was pregnant with the boys. And we don't have time to go into this whole story, but we struggled with finding, in we struggled with getting pregnant. She would talk to her doctor. Her doctor put her on medication. She came, just hear what I'm saying, okay? She came off the medication because she had a word from God to come off the medication. You better have that if you're going to come off medication. Just want to make sure you understand that. Medication is a good thing. Doctors are phenomenal people, right? But she had a word spoken over her by somebody that said, this time next year, you're going to have a child. And I had somebody speak that over, God spoke that over to me, over me at the same time in a different room. And a year later, we had twins because she had a word and I had a word. So God put that together and said, you're going to have twins, right? <laughs> so when I talk about pregnancy you know, y'all know me. I'm just a youth pastor at heart, and I say things, and then later people tell me what I said, right? So if I say something and it sounds insensitive or whatever, it's not. We've walked that road, okay? We know the pain of wanting children and not being able to have them. So when I talk about being pregnant, don't, don't let all the past hurt filter into what I'm saying, right? Um, there's a lot of issues around fertility, and I do believe strongly that if you're here this morning and you've struggled in that area, 
I'm not a prophet, y'all. I'm just a, I'm just a dude following Jesus. But I believe he spoke to me that today was a day that you could be healed of that. Okay? And we've already prayed once, but can we pray again? Can we do that right now? And, and I would say this. If you know somebody that's struggling in that area. By the way, not everybody's here, you know, because some people can't always be in the building. But our church is full of testimonies of people who struggle with infertility and God blessed them with children. I'm just letting you know. You're in a place where we don't talk about that lightly because we've seen God move. Okay, so can we just pray right now? And if it's not you, but you know somebody, man, just whisper that person's name to the Father. God, as we come to you this morning, as we begin a series that talks about being pregnant and giving birth, we recognize, God, that that is a painful topic for a lot of people. And so we just pray, first of all, peace and an awareness of your love for them. I pray, God, that you would give them freedom in their mind. That you are not more in love with other people that have children than you are of them that don't. And I pray specifically, God, into the word that I felt like you laid on my heart this morning early. That in this place today, there's freedom. There's healing for infertility. I pray so boldly, God, that people would mark this date. And that a year from now, they would see a child. You can do that because you've done it for us. And we're not the only ones. You move that way all the time. And so, God, I pray for people that are watching online. Maybe they've just tuned in because the title about babies caught their attention. But here they are, hearing a word from you. And I pray that you would just, you would cement it in their soul, God. And heal their bodies. In your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. So we're going to kind of just, if you're cool with it, just kind of feel our way through this first week. Is that okay? Because I'm just being transparent with you. I am, while I'm talking to you, I'm filtering a lot of stuff in my head. And I don't mean like bad stuff that I shouldn't say. I mean stuff I had planned and then things that I feel like God said. Right? Like how he shifted. So I'm just kind of doing some mental gymnastics. Are y'all cool with that? Okay. So um, let's just start here. An eight-year-old asked his dad where babies come from. And his hus- the husband said, um, his dad said, well, from mommy's belly. And there was a long pause. And the eight-year-old said, all the babies? <laughs> I don't know if you ever had a kid ask you where babies come from, um, but that'll strike fear, man, in some parents' hearts. And so we've got a few answers I think we can show just to kind of kick this off on screen. Um, when I was little, I asked my mom where babies came from, and she said, the egg inside of you. So I would run around telling people I had a chicken egg in my belly. A couple more. That's, by the way, that's awkward laughter. In case you didn't know what that was. When I asked my dad where babies come from, he told me the cabbage patch. I went out in the garden a lot that summer looking for little brothers and sisters. My mom had to explain to me, Dad's a liar. (laughs) 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 Little kid I was babysitting asked me where babies come from. I stared at her until she walked away. That might be your plan. I don't know. And this last one's from Conan O'Brien. I think this is fantastic. My son asked me where babies come from, and to distract him, I said, someday we're all going to die. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know how you would handle that question. Um, boy, this would not be the time to have open mic, right? Um, when kids ask you where babies come from, but this morning I want us to talk about where babies come from. Okay, if you've got your Bibles, um, will you turn to Luke chapter 1? Luke chapter 1. In this chapter, I know we just had... Judge Christmas, 
This is the um, chapter where the birth of Jesus is foretold. And let me give you the, the big idea, and then we'll kind of work our way to the end where we're going to pray. I really battle with this. Like, uh, what do you want to say today? Like, what, how do we talk about conception in the spirit without it freaking people out, right? Because there's got to be a moment where God says something and we allow that to birth something within us, right? And here's what God said. We'll be pregnant with whatever we partner with. So you need to write that down because that's fresh off the press. And I'm not sure that we'll get much farther than that today. Okay? We'll, we'll be pregnant with whatever we partner with. Let me tell you how we see that in real life. Because I love this, too. I love when I say something that sounds really spiritual because I, I watch your faces. And some of you are like, yeah. And some of you are like, I don't know if that's true. But here's how you know it's true. Have you ever met somebody who was horrible in in school as far as studies like they would take tests they could maybe this is you you can't ever remember anything you can read science you can't remember any of the stuff about science you struggle with tests but you know the lyrics to every Taylor Swift song <laughs> I know I know dudes that they couldn't do math to save their lives they the SAT forget about it but they know the stats of every famous athlete that's ever lived how does that happen well we know they're smart because they can learn stuff they're pregnant with what they partnered with they partnered with sports center and spotify more than they did with a textbook right and so they know that stuff they just don't know the other stuff because they partnered with one and got pregnant and full of it you with me You'll be pregnant with whatever you partner with. There are people right now that are pregnant with fear because they have partnered with things that cause fear. There are people in the church that are pregnant with religion because they have partnered with a rule-driven expression of the faith. You know this because whatever you're full of is what comes out, right? So, have you ever been having a bad day? You, are you at Luke 1? We're going to get there in a second. Have you ever been having a bad day? Like, you're just, you're just on edge, and, like, you're just, like, don't talk to me because you know if somebody says the wrong thing, you're going to respond. Have you ever been in that moment, and then somebody says something that really bugs you, or you go to the DMV? <laughs> Or in our case, we were, I can't remember now where we were, God has helped me forget it, but we were waiting in line. It was a long line, and somebody got in front of us. And it was like, oh, I'm going to have to lay hands on that person, right? <laughs> when that happens, have you ever noticed that you don't automatically go from being in a bad mood to going, oh, bless you? Right? Because whatever you're full of, when you're bumped, that's what's going to come out. My youth pastor used to pray all the time, all the time. And he would tell us a story about how he was in prayer one day. Um, this was back when I was at First Assembly, and we used to meet in the theater. And then, then we had, they had offices up here on, like, one of the streets in, uptown. And he was um, upstairs praying, and he came down 
just full of the Spirit, and somebody said, hey, Tony, and he went, hallelujah, and he was like, they looked at him like, what? And he was like, he thought he said, how are you, but hallelujah came out, because that's what he was full of, right? That's why when you're, when you're full of the world and all the garbage that the world can put into our soul and you're running late to work and the train thing goes down, you're probably not in your car going, oh, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. This is, you know, no, like that's when you're saying things that you come to church to repent for, <laughs> right? So I'm glad that people come to church to repent for it, but I'd rather that people weren't full of it. Right? You're pregnant with whatever you partner with. Luke chapter 1. Um, I don't even know where to start. We're going to get to verse 35, so we shouldn't start at verse 1. <laughs> right? Um, let's, let's just start with, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the Abel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town in Galilee, this is verse 27, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. We know her. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That's a good word, right? That good word is going to cause all kinds of trouble in her life. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you were to call him Jesus. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but she's not married here. She's married, but she's not married, right? They're betrothed. It's not quite the same thing as our marriage today, but she, she shouldn't be getting pregnant. That's the point. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary, in verse 34 asked the question that all of you would have asked how will this be since I am a virgin well I, I'm assuming all of us would ask that her, ba her basic question is like I don't have the stuff for that it's not I can't pull that off and I know that you're an angel from God so there's no way you're asking me to go sin to pull that off so how am I supposed to get pregnant when I'm a virgin and here's the key verse, verse 35. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. If you're a highlighter or an underliner, circle the word overshadow. It's used five times in the New Testament. Once here, Three times about the Mount of Transfiguration. Do we know what that is? Do I need to do a quick teaching on the Mount of Transfiguration? If you're new to the church, you're new to the Bible, the whole deal, there was a day that Jesus took three of his closest followers up on top of a mountain. And while he was on top of the mountain, he started to glow. I don't mean like glow like when women get themselves made up. I mean he glowed, like shone brightly, like the brightest white you've, you could ever see. So much so that like, the three that were with him, they were like, what is happening? And we should never leave here. And it says he glowed because as they were watching, a cloud overshadowed him. The glory of God, this same word, overshadowed Jesus on top of that mountain. And the result of that 
was the glory of God. With me? <laughs> You're like, I think, but I'm not sure. This word is also used in Acts when it describes what people would do to get ready for Peter to walk by. They would place sick people in his path so that they would be overshadowed by his shadow when he walked past. The point here is this is how you get pregnant. You get pregnant when you allow the Holy Spirit to overshadow you. Now, I know that we just read a verse about the birth of Jesus, and I'm not saying that you're going to get pregnant with Jesus. He's already come, been born, died, resurrected. He's ascended back to the throne. But he also said, if I go, I will leave you someone greater. And that someone greater is the Holy Spirit. Okay, some of y'all were like, Trump? No. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is left in this world to continue to help us get pregnant with something from God. When he overshadows us, we become pregnant with something. This is how, this is where babies come from in the Spirit. They come from us being in the presence of the Holy Spirit, allowing him to have access to our entire lives, to overshadow what we want with what he wants. And when that happens, we become pregnant. What do we become pregnant with? Whatever we partner with. Some of y'all aren't partnered with the Holy Spirit. I was reading a book this week, and this one phrase, man, it jumped out of me. I was like, Wendy, listen. Here's what she said. She was, she's, she was raised in a Christian home. The, the author, not Wendy. She was raised in a Christian home, and she said, and I knew the Holy Spirit in a non-relational way. Some of you know the Holy Spirit in a non-relational way. And her next sentence was, but I wanted more. Who here wants more, right? It's not a selfish prayer. It's just like, I want more. I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want more relationship with the Holy Spirit. So when we partner with the Holy Spirit, we'll become pregnant with what the Holy Spirit wants to birth through us. Y'all with me? I mean, I know this is weird teaching probably. Some of you are like, this is so crazy. But now let me get to the next point. And this is probably as far as we're going to go. And then we'll pray. Because, boy, do we need to pray. When you first get pregnant, let me give you the first thing that happens. When you first get pregnant, you begin to tell people, right? And here's what people say. We're not, I'm not going to preach on this today. This will be next week, I think. When you begin to tell people you're pregnant, you say things like this. We're expecting. There's no expectation in church today. But when you get pregnant with a vision from God, you'll have an expectation that you've never had before. I know I'm, I'm talking to you like trying to convince you, but it's not my job to convince you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm telling you, my expectation level is up through the roof right now. Because I'm pregnant. I'm expecting. And when you're pregnant, that's the first thing you tell people. We're expecting. Now, there's a whole book series written about what to expect when you're expecting. 
But we're going to take some time in the weeks to come to talk about, from a spiritual standpoint, what to expect when you're expecting. Here's the second thing that happens, and this is where we'll hang out today, and I think we'll just end it. You begin to show, right? Can I say this lovingly? Big idea. We'll be pregnant with whatever we partner with, and it will begin to show. All of you are pregnant. What you're pregnant with is going to begin to show. Now, the Word of God, we know from 2 Timothy chapter 3, is good for correcting, reproof, encouragement, so that the people of God will be fully equipped for the work, right? And so this word this morning, some of you are like, man, this is awesome. And some of you are like, this hurts. That's what the word of God does. It challenges us. If we didn't learn anything else in the last two years of oh, whatever this thing has been, have we not learned what people were pregnant with? Fear? bitterness and I'm not and again I want to make sure that I drive this point home it's way too easy to go well he can't be talking about me because I'm physically in the building oh no oh no 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 I've been pastoring a long time you can be physically here and full of bitterness I've seen it physically here full of offense physically here full of pride physically here full of I'll only go so far and no farther And when revival comes, I mean, have you ever known a woman who was pregnant at month five to be like, yeah, that's far enough? <laughs> yeah, just, just in the name of Jesus, stop. I tried to, tried to button my button, and I couldn't, so that's as far as I'm going to go with this pregnancy. I'll just, that's it. Have you ever, oh, I've never been pregnant, so again, I'm being sensitive here, but like, I've been around somebody who was pregnant. And it wasn't like that. It was like, is, this, is my stomach ever going to stop growing? Like, I can't, I can't, I don't even want to hide it. You get to that point, right? Listen, it's starting to show. And some of us here, some of us watching online, I'll be honest, I mean, you need to repent of the thing that you've been carrying so that you'll be ready to be pregnant with what God wants to give you for this season. So let's talk about how we break partnership with the things that are starting to show in our lives. You do that relationally. Can you jot these verses down? Philippians 3.10 and Matthew 7.23. Um, Philippians 3.10. By the way, I don't know if you, know if you saw this on social media, but my wife got me my Bible redone for Christmas. Y'all, phenomenal gift, by the way. I told her, I opened up, I was like, now this is going to make me want to bust out my readers at church. So when I come some Sunday and I've got glasses on reading it, 
don't freak out. It's just like that Bible is so full anyway. It's so good. But I'm still on my iPad. We're good. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I wanted to read you the whole chapter, but I'm not going to. Let me just read you the verse that God highlighted. Verse 10, Paul says, I want to know Christ. Now, in the Old Testament, if you read the King James, you've read this verse, and Adam knew Eve, which I think is a really funny way to say sex, because that's what it meant. Did you, did you know that? I mean, know that? <laughs> this is going to be such a fun series, y'all. Illustrated and everything. No, I'm kidding. Um, boy, that's a story. I don't have time for that. I'll fit that into one of these messages. The time that I had to put a book back because I was in a Christian bookstore and it said illustrated. Anyway, let's keep going. Um, in the Old Testament, when it said that Adam knew Eve and conceived, the word for know, it was used in, in common language as an idiom for sex. Like they would be intimate, right? And so even in the, in the New Testament, the word here, I'm going to blow your minds, is gnosko. So everybody say gnosko. Don't you love how gnosko has the word know in it? It helps you remember, right? So the word for know in Greek is gnosko, and it's the same thing. It means to know, it means to perceive, not head knowledge, but like experientially. Like I know because I've experienced it. But it was also used in that culture as slang for intimacy between a husband and a wife. So I want you to highlight these two verses. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says, I want to know Christ to know the power of his resurrection, and to know the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul's saying, I want to be intimately acquainted with Jesus. Some of us are distantly acquainted with Jesus, right? Jesus is my homeboy. No, he ain't. He's your friend. But he's your savior. He's wholly other than we are and yet became who we were so we could be with him. That's not your homeboy, right? <laughs> no, sorry. Home slice. Drop it, Jesus. No. What? He's holy and makes us righteous so different than how we've we've brought him so far down to our level when he already came to our level but he came down so we could go with him right seated in heavenly places a holiness mindset he can't we bring him down and leave him here he's just what's up Paul wanted to know him intimately now check this out, Matthew 7, 23. You read that verse, you'll hear Jesus say this, to people who had done amazing things activity-wise. They had healed the sick. They had done some amazing things. And, and Jesus says at the end of time, depart from me because I never what? Knew you. Same word. And what Jesus was saying was, you got a lot of activity. We don't have any intimacy. And activity won't get you to heaven. 
Where do babies come from? Union. And intimate union is what God desires. Right? Not just pregnancy, but intimacy so that that baby is birthed into something good. Okay. Y'all want to come back up? Come play something. Come play some Paul Stop Talking music. Don't you love how, don't you love how they lead us in worship, y'all? Man, it's so good. It's so good. Actually, I know that it sounded like a smattering of applause, but more people applaud for you than my preaching. So, I think I got 10. I think you got 12. It's great. We'll add it together make 22. It's fantastic. I think we need to spend some time with the Lord, right? Um, you know, we're heading into a season of, of prayer and fasting starting tomorrow. So from the 10th to the 30th, the next three weeks, we're praying and fasting. Um, you can get more on that on the website. But here's what I really believe, that God is calling our church to a place of stillness. Psalm 4610 says, be still and what? Know that I am God. We're so busy with our activity trying to prove to people that he's God or prove to people that we, that we love God. He just wants us to sometimes be still and know he's God. Know it at an intimate level. I know that he's God. And here's what's going to happen. When we know that he's God, we become pregnant with that knowledge. Not head knowledge. Y'all got it right. But the knowledge of God. And guess what bumps out of us every, it comes out of every time we get bumped? That. Somebody walks up and says, now listen, I know there are answers. We, can, we could ask questions all day long and not have all the answers. And I've never pretended to have all the answers. And I don't. I've, I buried my dad to COVID. If you walk up to me today and you have COVID, well, if you have COVID, don't walk up to me today. Let's get that straight. But if you stand up, if you told me that you had COVID, do you know what I would do for you today? I would pray my heart out for the healing power of God to touch your body. You know why? Because I know God. And I, my knowledge of Him is more intimate than activity and facts in my life. I, I love in Romans where, where Abra, it says Abraham faced the fact that he was as good as dead and believed. He's calling us to be a people that face facts and in those facts say, but my God can, but my God will. That's what he's doing in our church. And if there's ever been a message that needs to get birthed out of people that go to church, that's the one. And it won't be birthed in you because you sat here like this. And I'm not trying to get you to respond a certain physical way. Understand, when I talk about this, this is a picture of the heart, right? You don't get pregnant like this. Is that too graphic? I need you to get this. Pregnancy comes because there's intimacy and vulnerability and partnership. That's where babies come from. And until we're willing to partner with the Holy Spirit in a vulnerable way, we're not going to carry anything to the world. 
And he wants to carry something to the world through you. So let's just respond, can we? I, I got to be honest with you. This is my least favorite part of a service. Because I hate feeling like I'm pulling people's teeth to get them to respond to God. And so can I just tell you this? I just, I'm done with that. I'm just going to make a call and you respond if you want. Right? We're not here to play games. We're just here to be real with God so he can be real with us. And so this morning, if, if what God has spoken has moved you, like to the point where you're like, God, I need that. I need, thank you for this message. And I want to respond. And I'm just going to ask you to move. You respond. I think it's time for us to come back to an altar. I think it's time for us to come back to the place where we end services on our knees before we go jumping out the door. I just think it's time for us to say, God, we, we don't want to know about you. We want to know you. We, we just want to know you, God. We want to know the, the power of your resurrection. We want to know the fellowship of your suffering. And, and we don't want to just know it so we can bask in that. Because Paul went on to say, and now that I know these things, I press on. God, you're calling us as a church to press on. You're calling us to move towards something beyond us. God, I don't want to pray too graphically, but I, I know there are women that get pregnant and they're just like, there's no way this baby's going to get out. Pregnancy and birth is like a picture of the impossible. And yet, what a beautiful picture of how you move through the Holy Spirit and you make us pliable so that we can birth what you've placed in us. And I know, God, as I sit here, as I pray, I know there are people in this church that are pregnant with a call from you and they are scared. They don't know how to even make it happen. It is beyond them. And so right now, God, we just release ourselves to you. Holy Spirit, you come. You do through us what you desire. Mm. Come. Rest. Brood over us, God, like the Holy Spirit did over the waters.
Standing here in your presence In a grace so relentless I am one by perfect love Wrapped within the arms of heaven In a peace that lasts forever Sinking deep in mercy sea I'm wide awake Drawing closer by grace And all my heart is yours Oh fear removed I breathe you When I'm lost, you pursue me Lift my head to see your glory, Lord of all So beautiful Here in you I find shelter Captivated by the splendor of your face My secret place I'm wide Drawing closer by grace And all my heart is yours All fear removed And I lean into your love Oh, your Your love so deep is washing over me Your face is all I see You are my everything Jesus Christ, you are my one desire Lord, hear my only cry to know you
Can we just stand together all across the room? We just end it this way. Hands raised to the Lord. Just now hear this before I pray. There's nothing in me that wants to manipulate ever. Okay? I won't talk long because your hands are up, I promise. Hang with me. I'm not going to manipulate you. But listen to these. Listen to this. There's going to be such overlap over the next couple of weeks as we go through this series. We're going to say the same things over and over and over again. It's okay. People that are pregnant talk about their pregnancy all the time. It's completely okay. So on the one hand, there's going to be lots of opportunities to respond. But on the other hand, and this is what I want to warn you about, don't miss your moments. Don't assume that you have next week. And I'm not talking about just repenting of sin. We want to make it about the bad things. But sometimes when he drops a word to you, a vision, you need to respond then to that thing. It's a good thing, right? So it's not always about sin. It's just about response, okay? So don't assume that. Don't miss your moments because there's something holy. That was it. Is this your moment? <laughs> Come on. Hey, Brother Paul, man, hey. So as we were praying and as Paul, as you were preaching, there was a, a word that God was saying to me. He was saying, don't be afraid of the stretch marks. Don't be afraid of the stretch marks. See, uh, uh, many, many times we see in culture that women, they say, I don't want to be pregnant because there's going to be after effects. There's going to be a change. People may see me different physically, as you said, that there's going to be a physical change. So God is saying, don't be afraid of the stretch marks. That's just proof that life was in you and it came out. So in this season, the thing that God has planted in you to be birthed, don't be afraid of the life that's in you because that life is the light of men that he has planted in you. Let it, let it, let it, let it be born. Let the people see what, what greatness that God has planted in you because when you're obedient, when people see your growth, when people see your comfort with this extra, this extra, they'll see that God is truth, that God is real. And they need more people like us, like you, to show that God is trustworthy. So trust him in this season. Don't worry about the stretch marks. Be prepared to give birth. That's so good. We're not even there yet. But like, one of the things that happens when you get pregnant is you begin to prepare. And you start to make room. You get rid of things that you no longer need. And honestly, body image, one of those things, y'all. Right? I love that. Come on. Don't be afraid of the stretch marks. Here's what we're going to do. If you're in the room and you want to close it like this, I just want you to raise your hands and I want you to say, God birthed it in me. Yeah. You watched online, you should type that in the comments. Birth it in me. Birth it in me. Find in me a vessel, God, that you can use to deliver Here's what I know, God. Every single time in Scripture that your people raised a cry for deliverance, you sent a deliverer. Every single time. You said to Moses through the burning bush, I have heard the cry. And God, there's a cry that our, our culture, our church is raising to you. 
And some of us are like, we want more Jesus. And some people in the world is like, I just need help. But it's a cry for deliverance. And that means you're going to birth a deliverer through that cry. And we're saying, God, birth it in me. Birth it in me, God. Birth it in me, God. Say it, church. Birth it in me, God. We give you permission. Our prayer is Mary's. May it be to me according to your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.